Welcome to another edition of Oh No Not Them, the show where formats don't matter. There is no plan. And it's all bullshit anyway. Come along for the ride. Here are your hosts, Eric, Jim, and Bill. There. There you go. The two fat ones balance out the skinny one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just fucking Christ. What the hell happened here? Oh. Uh. <laughs> Jesus. We <laughs> got all right. <laughs> you see, the, the live video has a bit of a lag on it. Oh, son of a bitch, boys. How the fuck you been? It's been two weeks. It it's has been. been. So we, have a, we have a lot to discuss and talk, but first, before we even begin, happy birthday. Oh, for me? That's for you. Oh, I forgot. Oh. It, feels, it feels squishy. <laughs> squishy, squishy. It's, it, it's my favorite color. It's black. Black? I, I, I'm only wearing black until they come up with something darker. Oh, thank you. Oh, my God. I, <laughs> that is fucking awesome. Oh, shit. Whoa. <laughs> Hang on. I got to go show this to the camera. This is fucking amazing. Thank you. Oh, my God. We have merch. <laughs> yeah. Well, I he have, has merch. I well, yes. Merch. <laughs> That's fucking badass. That is so badass. Thank you so yep. much. That's fucking great. Oh my god. Oh man, it's been a fucking crazy couple of weeks. That's the best. That's the best quote I could put on his oh. back. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> See, you got me all for Clempton. Now I, now I dropped my fucking mic. Oh. I'm overwhelmed by the gift. I fucking knocked my mic over. Jesus Christ. That's fucking awesome. Oh thank you. Lord. Thank you so much, yes. brother. I, uh, dude, that's fucking badass. I, I, I can't wait to wear that. <laughs> I, I, you know what? I have, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a whore for my own shit. I have a suddenly found t-shirt. Like we like, cause uh, Rhonda, uh, Jimmy's wife, she made a few, just to mess around. She, yeah. she has like a cricket. Yeah. Um, so she made a few suddenly found T-shirts. And uh, I have one. Jimmy has one. Yeah, yeah. Jimmy actually wore one at a show. <laughs> he pulled the Jason Newstead and wore our own merch <laughs> at a show. Um, I have one. Tyler has one. Um, some of our uh, some of our fans have them, like Friend, Carrazzo, yeah, and yeah. a few other people have them. And now I have, <laughs> thanks to my friend Bill... I have the first official Oh No Not Them t-shirt. Oh, my Lord. That is fucking awesome. (laughs) Uh, Dude, I I can't thank you enough for that. Yep. Now, uh, wash it inside out. That's the only only thing. Yeah. Uh, I'll have to make sure I let Missy know to do that. Because, like, uh, well, my my football jerseys I wash inside (laughs) out as well. Oh, God. (laughs) What a fucking crazy couple of weeks. Yeah. Yep. So... Uh, let let's start with you, Bill. All right. Yeah, we drove Valerie down to Florida. Yeah. Um, for her internship at Disney. Nice. Go and and I'm I'm not gonna bullshit anybody. Lisa drove the whole way. 
Well, I kind of figured that. What do you mean you kind of figured that? Seriously? Anyway, anyway, I got to tell you, first off... That's why nothing bad happened. First off, I want you to know that starting in probably uh, West Virginia, uh-huh. there is a Waffle House every two blocks. Oh, yeah. We saw Waffle Houses in parking lots of Waffle Houses. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> and we got to eat breakfast in one as well. You got to eat at a Waffle House. Yeah, when, yes. you, when you can get to the left turn. But we... Hey! There were so many of them. And I got to say, I actually found out through the drive down and the drive back uh, who the worst drivers on the East Coast are. Are you ready? Yeah. It's Pennsylvanians. I'm telling you right now. Oh, come on. No, I am serious. There's courtesy above courtesy. This is a strange thing that happened in South Carolina. We're outside of a Shoney's. Right? Oh, Again. God. Okay. Yeah. Again, great place. And I'm just outside. No, we're... Shoney's is not yeah. a great place. Yeah, well, we're waiting, right? This guy's walking by, and he says, he say, hey, how's your morning going? Oh, it's fine. How are you? Oh, I'm doing good. And I'm like, what the hell was that about? And I said, it was just being friendly. What the hell is being friendly for? You'd be friendly like that up north, you end up in a bathtub lip like a kidney. Yeah, well, she maybe. Said, she said that's not, but friendliness. Everybody's saying, how you doing? How are I'm outside of a, of a convenience store. I think, again, in South Carolina, I, I'm not sure. They all blend together. And I'm just standing outside waiting for Lisa to finish up in there. People keep coming up to me and saying hello to me and how, how's your day? It's like, I don't know you people. Are they? Why are you speaking to me? How, how's your day? It's like, were they Canadians? No, they were all why from the area. Why are you speaking to me? I, I felt, you know, I felt violated. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on a second. Uh, I just got the messages up. Andy, no, I didn't hear that. Bray Wyatt died. Oh, when did that happen? Who's that? Yeah, wrestler. When did that happen, Andy? Uh, if you can. He just, a minute ago, he put that on. Uh, I mean, I know, sorry to interrupt. No, but no, I get you. I'm... I know Terry Funk passed away yeah. yesterday. Yeah, passed away yesterday. Holy shit, I didn't hear about Bray Wyatt. Damn. God damn. Anyway, was, was, you know, I... he was young. Okay, that's yeah. very young. And, uh, well, we basically had no problems, like, to and from. The only problem we had is uh, as we're coming into Maryland, we were going to stay at Ocean City for a couple days. Uh-huh. And the, the the street address of the hotel was really fucked up. Uh-huh. And I said, look, we got to call this place, get an actual street address, because there's no way this is an actual address. Right. It turns out our reservations were canceled. That's wonderful. And we find out in Maryland. Oh, my. On our way there. So... We, we said, look, look, let's just go. We pull into Ocean City, pull into the first place. As some, as it just go there, it's just vacancy. We got in there. You could see light through the door cracks. Lovely. The walls are paper thin. And my favorite part was the bathroom window. Clear glass. Oh, my. <laughs> Overlooking balconies next door. <laughs> nice. So I threw a towel up because I don't want nobody seeing me punching a grumpy. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> But again, I had so much rum on the trip. Rum everywhere. Oh God. Good. Uh, and, I, I had to tell. I was like, I was like, I was like, shut up, liver. We're doing this. <laughs> but Val settled in in Florida. I yep, see. and she's bit. Yeah, she's at her job now, and she's uh, doing training and stuff, going to parks. She just went uh, for a class with a marine biologist. Nice. Which is oh, we saw a great place, the Purple Moose. It's like. It's like the Croc Rock of the South. Nice. Oh, I loved it so much. Where did you? Ha- where was the Purple Moose at that you went? And to? that was in Ocean City. Okay. Yeah. Where did you go the South? Well, that's south of here. It's south. Of, it's south of the Mason Dixon. And let me tell you. Yeah. Well. Let me tell you something. 
They were a great band. Oh God. They they didn't play no Mudvayne. They didn't play no Alice in Chains. But that did play a Dropkick Murphys. <laughs> oh yeah. I saw the video. So <laughs> I'm like, are you fucking okay. <sighs> Got twelve shot glasses on the whole trip. Nice. Oh, and there's another place just south. It's a you might have heard of it, but Bucky's. Yes. Yeah. Holy shit. Did you take a shit in the Bucky's? I didn't take a shit in the Bucky's. <laughs> But I did use the bathroom, and I got some of the beef jerky and lots of souvenirs. You've got to take a shit in a bucket. I didn't need to. Look, first off, I don't like taking shits in public bathrooms. (laughs) (laughs) There's a t-shirt out there that says, I just took a giant shit. Shit. (laughs) Yeah, I don't don't like doing that in public bathrooms. So, no. You've got to take a dump in a bucket. No. Yes. mm, We stopped at one in St. Augustine and one on the way back. Nice. So yeah, it was it was, and I had a, the dash cam up. No incidents, son of a bitch. And I said that's because Lisa was driving, not you. You're the one that causes them all. I don't cause the incidents. It's allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. How how about you? How was your two weeks? Uh well, the past week was. Well, it wasn't work. I uh, we went up to the cabin Thursday, uh, stayed there Sunday night. Um, like I said, it's awesome up there. I mean, there's no. Electricity, unless you turn the generator on. The only bad thing is you got a shit house outside, but it's literally in the middle of nowhere. Um, the food that is brought up there is is tremendous. You know, we had wings on the grill one night. My dad makes this Mexican lasagna. Oh my god, it's so freaking good. Yeah. Yeah. Me- hang on. Instead hang on. of instead in- of noodles with tortillas. Yes. And like taco seasoned beef. Yes. It's a fucking taco casserole. Yes. Okay. It's, it's really good. Yeah, I know. Fire pit Friday, Saturday night. Um, had to come home Sunday, number one, because of the draft. Yeah. Um, oh, but also... You had to come home for that. I did. I had to do it in Florida. Well, I didn't have any... Some asshole scheduled it when I'm on fucking vacay. And you, homers. I. How early did you take a, your first... Uh, Defense? San Fr- oh, no, San Francisco. Oh. You had to have a San Francisco right away. You had to have Raiders right away. Ryan had to have the Eagles right Who away. Who wouldn't take McCaffrey? He's not wrong. Hey, he's not wrong. You fucking slack magnet. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, and then, uh, and she also started, Bella also started volleyball two days on Monday. Um, Tuesday evening, I drove to MetLife Stadium, which is actually the closest I've ever been to New York City. You can see the skyline from right outside. Um, and we went to go see the uh, Pretenders and Guns N' Roses, and <clears throat> I was never there before. And when I was picking the seats, I was thinking of Jimmy, because we were gonna—I wanted to be almost across, you know, from the, the end of the, st- the other end of the stadium. But I wanted to pick a level up, so that you know, if he had to get up or something, I wanted an aisle seat, and he can just walk up a couple steps to the next level. Yeah. <laughs> I got a seat. Where you, we walk through the tunnel, you turned right, walked up steps, and the railing kind of turns and goes up another flight of stairs. <clears throat> That's where our seats were. At the stairwell and the tunnel. Nobody in front of us. Nice. So we didn't have to worry about standing or anything else like that. Nice, but but the problem with the stadium show is it's a stadium show. Yeah. but And, and uh, you're going to get, uh, I mean, I saw the videos you posted. You're watching a screen. Yeah, you're you're not which wrong. Which is which is, I I mean I get it. I get it. 
Yeah, but Axel's big enough where you can see him. From yeah, space. that guy's about as big as a fucking house nowadays. Actually, he slimmed down, and they sounded ten times better than when I saw them in her. That ain't saying much. Did they play their new single? They might have. I don't know. Perhaps. They, they, but mm, saying that they so. saying okay. that they sounded better than they did in Hershey ain't saying much. Did you guys hear it? The new single? No, no. It sounds right like it came off a Chinese democracy. So I don't want to hear it. <laughs> That's what a lot of people are saying, but it's actually pretty decent. What I, was? What I was, uh, go ahead. What was so funny was three th- three songs in they do Chinese democracy, and I said to Bella and Jimmy, I said the other people in the band. Never even wrote this song, and they got to play it. But then they did Slither right after that, which, which is, is a Velvet Revolver. Too. Correct. But okay, so you guys went to see you, you and Bella and Jimmy went to see Guns and Roses. Yeah. Thanks to VetTix.org, me, Alistair, and Jesse went a week the week after we were at Montage mm-hmm. for Mudvayne. Mm-hmm. We went for fucking Pantera and Lamb of God. Mm. The lawn was packed. <laughs> we were, but we had seats in the seating area. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, almost directly across from where we sat. We mm-hmm. were in 201 instead of 206. Yep. Okay. Um, so, of all the people I'm going to run into <laughs> at fucking, at, uh, a concert. you know, at a concert where there's 10,000 people and we didn't plan this, I go out to get a water. Who do I run into but fucking Tyler? Yeah. And Andy. Uh, you remember Stabby Happy. Yes. I run into fucking... Uh, the first time I've seen Andy since he quit Blood Clot. Okay. And Andy and I reconciled. We, you know, squashed whatever beef was there. Andy and I are good. But fucking... Uh, there I am at a concession stand. And who do I see but fucking my drummer and my former bass player? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, fuck... Uh. Oh, my fucking God. Alistair's first concert. And Pantera, amazing. Yeah. They sounded so goddamn good. I mean, uh, Lamb of God never disappoints. They're mm-hmm. fucking great. Um, the band that played first, Child Bite. Never heard of them. Don't bother. <laughs> don't bother. Um, the, it just was not not enjoyable. Yeah. Um, but fucking Lamb of God kills it all the time. They're, they're one of the best live bands I've ever seen. And holy shit, Pantera was has catapulted probably into the top five live acts I've ever seen. Wow. And that covers a lot of yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. ground. Yeah, yeah. Phil still got it. Rex Brown is a great fucking bass player. Mm-hmm. And of course, we don't have Diamond Vinny anymore. Correct. But they have... The di- they had the dime guitars because they're uh, like uh, Rita Haney, Rita Dimes, mm-hmm. uh, Dimes Hag, as she's referred to. Uh, they are not renewing. They didn't renew the the license with Dean. Okay, but the guy behind Dean guitars initially, Dean Zelinsky. Yes, I th- I'm pretty sure he's behind what's going to be Dime Guitars, okay. and they're doing. An entire line of dime bag Daryl guitars yeah. and hardware and everything. They had the fucking dime slime Washburn V there, the Dean from Hell, uh, you know the, the 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 blue one with the lightning bolts on it. Yes, that was there. I posted that my, my picture of me standing next to that. 
fucking tour bus with the Dime Guitars logo mm-hmm. and a big mural of Dime on it. Unfucking believable. But like I said, of course we don't have Dime and Vinny anymore. But behind the drums we have Charlie Benante from Anthrax. Correct. And on guitar, the fucking dirty bastard <laughs> Viking, Zach Wild. Damn. And yeah. if you're going to get a dude to play dime bag shit, yes. it's going to be Zach. Yep. And Zach was playing one of his one of his wild audio guitars mm-hmm. uh, with the Warhammer. It's like a SG top with a flying V bottom. It's a really fucking cool guitar. Okay. In the same paint job as the Dean from Hell. Oh, my. Ooh. Oh, it's fucking gorgeous. And I tell you what, man, those guys fucking threw it down. Alistair was kind of skeptical because <laughs> he'd never been to a concert. He wasn't really big on Pantera or yeah. Lamb of God. He never really listened to him too much. Yeah. He's like, that was fucking awesome. You see a band live, it changes you. Yeah. And Jesse, yeah. He, Jesse, who I've taken to see a lot of great bands over the years, um, he's like, I have a new number one and number two for <laughs> bands I've seen a lot for live bands. They were that fucking good. Um, and the, the thing is, uh, two days before I saw them, they opened for Metallica at MetLife. Correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, Correct. It was like uh, Friday they were at MetLife with Metallica. Yes. Saturday they were, Saturday they were in Hershey. Sunday they were at Montage. And fifteen dollars total for three tickets. Wow. Thank you once again, VetTix.org. Mm-hmm. Those guys are fucking great. The work that they do. With uh, you know, for for veterans is phenomenal. Yeah. Um, I can't thank I can't thank them enough. Um, but in the interim as well, suddenly found has played four shows <laughs> in four weeks. Um, one of which was was like a spur of the moment. What are you guys doing next weekend? Booking. Yeah. We get done uh, playing. We're packing up at the one ten, and Lori, the owner comes up to me and says, hey, uh, what are you guys doing next weekend? I'm like, well, this is our third show in three weeks. <laughs> we're not booked anywhere. <laughs> well, the band that we were going to have pl- play our party, we booked them back in January, and they uh, they canceled on us. Do you guys want to come play? <laughs> oh, my God, what a fucking party. Yeah. Um, we played for we played for like three and a half hours. Holy shit. Yeah, we did, we did three sets. Wow. Uh, we did three sets, fucking food galore, and it was all fantastic. You know, th- she did a shrimp boil and clams. Uh, they eighty bushels of clams. Oh my god! Eighty bushels. How many people of- were there, dude? It was fucking packed. There, there, there had well, family, friends, uh, the employees of the trucking company of the of the excavating company. company. Oh yeah, end of okay. the one ten. Yep. <laughs> I can you know, see that. It's a fucking huge party. But they I tell you what, Bob and Bob and Lori are phenomenal hosts. Yeah. And uh I'm looking forward to a Saturday off. I really am. <laughs> um well between stuff for the band and you know, getting the haunted house rolling and all this other shit, we I've been I've been a busy little beaver. Well, they're doing, uh, there's an ACDG tribute band. Yeah, I know, Saturday. Doug's Rodian for them. Yeah, this um, Saturday at the races, if you want to go. No. What do you mean, no? No, Doug's Rodian for them, though. Oh, well, I might see him then. Since Also, since our last, I have gone Ooh. down a rabbit hole of Irish music. 
I found two new great bands, the Real Mackenzies uh-huh. and the High Kings. Awesome Irish music. Highly recommend it. Thank yeah. you guys with the Dropkick Murphys. No. No. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. Terrible. You know, terrible. You're terrible people. You're both terrible people. I, I at least admit, admit to it. I admit to being a terrible person. Well, well, yeah, it's been uh, it's been a hectic couple of weeks. Um, I think we're going to take we're going to just, you know, we're we're working on some new songs um, because Matchbox 20's 3 a.m. was suggested to us. Um, That's not a bad song. It's, it's not a bad song. Yeah. It's actually quite easy. Yeah. Uh, the guitar part's not hard at all. But we did get uh, one cool thing is at the 110 last week or not last week, but week before. We got proof of concept that Tyler can use the bop kit in there. What's a bop kit? It's a miniature drum set. All right. Oh. So instead of a fucking 22 or 24 inch kick. Yes. It's a little 18 inch kick. And a half, a little floor tom, one little rack tom, a snare drum, a ride cymbal, a hi-hat, and maybe a splash cymbal or or a crack. And that'll fit in there. We did it. We did it two weeks ago. Good. So now I talked to, I talked to the guys and I said, since now we have proof of concept of this, we can fit the fucking drum set in there. I did, I haven't used an amp on stage in years. Everything I do is direct into the board. Mm-hmm. Jimmy is going direct into the board with the acoustic, and he has processors that can go direct into the board. Mm-hmm. What's stopping us from doing electric stuff? There you go. Oh my. Jimmy, bring a fucking bring an electric, and I'll bring a bass, and we'll do uh, an acoustic set and electric set. Yeah, yeah. Oh boy. Yeah, this is gonna be. Uh, the, I mean, the fact that uh, that opens up, you know, that Tyler can fit the drum set in there opens up a whole new fucking dimension. Yes, it does. And you'll be doing country now. We might, if people want to hear. If people there are more to- hillbillies in this area than there were down south. I have. I couldn't believe well, it. Well, no, there's more fucking no, rednecks. I couldn't believe it. One thing I do got to say about, uh, one thing I do got to bring up about Bob and Lori's party. Hmm. You know that new song, uh, Rich Men North of Richmond? Yes. That fucking trash ass hillbilly redneck bullshit song. Mm-hmm. I must have got that requested three times oh, at you're that kidding party. Me. Like, no, we don't know it. I, I, I was very nice about it. No, we don't know it. We haven't had a chance to learn it yet. I'm not going to fucking learn it. <laughs> not going to fucking do it. Uh, N- no. Speaking of rednecks and possibly meth heads. I, I, I've, it's oh, about the skook. I'm, I'm, no, no. <laughs> I'll be in the skook tomorrow. <laughs> I am I'm driving to work this morning. I'm on 145. I'm exiting Walnut Port where the mobile home section is. And you got that curve. And then you got the straightaway by the scrapyard. Yeah. Off in a distance, there's nobody around. Off in a distance, I see a guy walking on the left shoulder. And a car goes by him, and he's probably around where Leibenguth is. Yeah. He crosses the street after this car went by. And he's bumbling and stumbling. Uh Uh-huh. And then he starts wandering back to the other side of the road, but stops at the double yellow line and decides that's how he's going to walk on the road. No, he's probably drunk. Oh, this was at quarter after seven this morning? That doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, that's how how people roll. I was like, what the fuck? Oh, shit. Speaking of stuff like that, somebody posted on Channel One Methed Up News. The guy taking the shit. Yeah, it looked like in Lily Heighton Park. (laughs) It was in Lily Heighton Park. Sitting on the the bench, 
dropping a fucking stink pickle. But he had something to wipe himself with. Yeah, he had toilet paper. Oh, that was planned. Well, yeah. Yeah, you, I reposted and said, well, when you got to go, you got to go. <laughs> yeah, well, that's disgusting. Yeah. Uh, my my add-on to uh, Facebook has been completely, I don't know what happened to it. I have not been getting barely a damn thing. I see like it's like it's mostly blank shit now. Hmm. So I'm I've missed everything for like a couple of weeks. I'm waiting for the every so often Facebook does an update and social fixture has to catch up. Okay. It's now been three weeks, they haven't caught up yet. So I'm missing I'm missing a lot of good content. Right. From my groups. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um hang I, I I don't know. Let's jump into this. Uh let's right. uh, let's get into uh what we had planned for today. We, um, let's right. do the album first. Oh, that. Yeah. Well, not that. You, you nasty bastard. <laughs> nasty bitch. I had three weeks to do this. Of course, I waited to the last damn minute. Um, the album that we were that we decided, well, that we didn't, dis- we, didn't decide. We, we, we pulled out of the bucket. Fate, um, fate decided. Fate, yes. The, the, the black hand of fate decides we are going to talk about some uh, semi-local boys. Yes. From York, Pennsylvania, uh, the band is live, and the album is Throwing Copper, which is their breakthrough. Correct. But is their third studio album. Yes. Uh, released on April 26th of 1994, peaks at number one on the Billboard charts, and is certified eight times platinum. That's insane. Eight million copies. Yes. Okay? That's a lot of fucking records. And... Our cast of characters, we have Ed Kowalczyk on lead vocals and rhythm guitar, Chad Taylor on lead guitar and backing vocals, Patrick Delheimer on bass, underrated bass player, by the way, and Chad Gracie on drums and backing vocals. Very, very, um, like, for as long of a career as they had, they were kind of a flash in the pan. Yeah. They were, like, throwing copper was big and nothing else. Yeah. But... The album starts off with a song called The Damn It Otter Creek. For me, uh, actually, go ahead, guys. Well, this, I, you know, I, this is a, one of my favorite albums. Um, I actually saw these guys at the Allentown Fair, and one of the worst opening acts I've ever seen in my life. Do you guys remember a lady called PJ Harvey? Yeah, Polly Jean Harvey. Yeah, oh I love that. She's God. good. Oh my no! That, not that night. They did fifty foot Queenie. Yes. Yeah. Did, well, maybe it wasn't out then. What? <laughs> I no, don't know. No, PJ Harvey was good stuff. Oh. Um, I thought this was a good beginning for the album, and it it, it it hooked you right in, which was nice. See, I I'm on the other side of it. Uh, this this song gets a meh from me. Do you guys remember the Pauly Shore movie In the Army? Now, yeah, this song was in it. Yeah, when he's wandering through the desert at one point. This song, that, that movie you like. The, uh, that's I don't know, actually, I don't know actually, what's wrong with that. I saw that at Mahoning Drive-In. I don't know. I, I don't Way, know. When it first came out, when I was in the service. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I saw that at, at Mahoning Drive-In. Oh, my. Um, it starts off strong. Mm-hmm. And then just degenerates into fucking noise. That screaming at the end. It, 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 it completely takes me out of the song. This is not a good way to start an album. This, al- this song should have been buried somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. 
it, it, it's, it starts off, if they would have kept it going the way that the song started, it would have been a lot better. I know what you're talking about yeah. at the end. How it, gets it, all, like, it just degenerates to nonsense. Um, f- next is one of the big singles on the album. This was the first single. Selling the Drama. Yes, I fucking adore this song. I was, I remember when this album came out, I was going to Penn State Hazleton, and I don't think this CD ever left my freaking Celica. I, I played the shit out of this thing. I, it's not a bad song. Dear um, God, that's the whitest thing anybody's ever said. Pretty what? much. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing <laughs> copper in the Celica? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you are you you are definitely a fucking skook honky. Oh, whatever. Yeah. I actually, I mean, I remember the signals from this album as I listened to it. I didn't know they were all the band live, to be honest. Or they were all on the same damn album. They're very... Really? Uh, they're a very... Yeah. They're a very generic sounding yeah, but, for the time. But band. like I said, like yes. when you hear, like I told you before, like I've I've mistaken things that were um, Alice in Chains that were Stone Temple Pilots, right? But it's like I didn't realize that every live song I knew was on this album. Well, it's like we said. So this one was like a, a time machine back to the, yeah. You know, they were they were very much a flash in the pan yeah. for having uh, a fairly long career they do they have a lot of they have a catalog yeah they've got a decent sized catalog um i i actually dig selling the drama and uh i i decided i'm not gonna unless it really warrants it i'm not gonna get into what my interpretations of the songs are okay i wrote some of Mm -hmm. the stuff down yeah i I don't do interpretations exactly i I, i'm just gonna kind of give my thoughts on how they are um, the next song, another huge sing- huge single <laughs> off this record. Huge. I Alone. Mm-hmm. I love this song as yeah, well. I liked it, it really as well. Good. It's again, it, it, this is not one I, and again, I, I don't remember if I didn't know live did this or I just never paid attention. See, uh, I, this is, I, I think this should have opened the record. That could have, or or the next song. Yeah, I I I'm, I'm gonna agree with you there. Yeah, I I, I, I you're not wrong on that uh, about uh, the next one opening it. But yeah, this is a fucking. I think this would have been a much. I think this would have been a much better opener than. Yeah. Uh, Damn it, Honor Creek. Yes. I alone's a great song, and uh, it this one this is one that a bar band could still play today. Mm-hmm. You know. Hmm. Jimmy, let's learn it. <laughs> um, next is a song called Iris and not the Goo Goo Dolls one. Correct. That's where I got confused at this because I knew there was another song called Iris. <laughs> and I'm like, this doesn't sound like the one I think I should know. Yeah. Um, go ahead. What do you got? I on? thought it was very good. I, again, this the beginning of this. The first four tracks of this album. I was like, man, maybe I do like live. They're not bad. This. Yeah. This, that that left turn's coming up. In 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 in, in my mind, <laughs> I actually thought this was a single, but I didn't realize they never did release it as a single. No, Iris was not released as a single according, this, according to Wikipedia. Correct. The way that they sang this song starting slow and then banging in each, you know, yeah. verse. Absolutely incredible. The freaking drums in this song are absolutely incredible. I this is very good song. Um I have what I have is uh Great energy. I by it's a yes for me. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going with my no meh yes. Um, it's a yes for me, but 
great energy, but very, very typical of the era musically. Mm-hmm. Correct. Oh, yeah. um, this is, uh, to use a Jim Miller term, this is very post-grunge, because uh, it was released after after Cobain died, mm-hmm. so it's post-grunge. Mm-hmm. Um, not shortly, not very long after Cobain died, mind yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, about 21 days. <laughs> um yeah, this is it, it, it's very typical of the musical landscape of the time. Correct. It, so it fits. Next is another fucking massive single off this record. Yes. Lightning Crashes. Yes. Absolutely yes. Fuck it. Didn't even listen to it again. Skipped it. Don't want to hear it ever again. <laughs> I, I absolutely loathe this song. Really? really? Yes. I hate I hate this song. Oh Why? Oh, my God. I, don't, I just don't like it. This is everything bad about 90s music. Everything I, I see, I like it. I, I actually like this song. It, it's kind of like the circle of life. I would listen to it's Crash. 100% I would listen it to Crash Test Dummies on repeat. But before I listen to this again, oh. I swear. I, oh my god! I, I skipped this song. Oh I don't even want to hear it. Wow! Something I didn't Good. know. This was dedicated to a childhood friend of theirs. No, I didn't um, know that either. Um, she was this girl. I can't remember her name now, but she was killed by a drunk driver who was fleeing police after robbing a bank. No. Huh. Yeah. Hang on. What? A drunk driver hit her fleeing... car. Oh, wait. Who was who robbed the bank? The drunk, the drunk driver. driver. He was drunk, robbed the bank. Okay, all right. I there were so many people in that one. Yeah, there were. I had to read it twice. You are dumb, pile. Well, look, there was a drunk driver, a bank robber, and someone who died. I was trying to figure out which was which. Don't forget the police. Motherfucker. The police wouldn't have been any of them. <sighs> the fuck? Shut the fuck up, fat man. <laughs> anyway, uh, the next song is called Top. This one gets a meh from me. I actually, this got me back on because it's a very, very groove 90s sound. I liked it. This is a this is a song about uh, false idols. Yeah, generic song. It's generic. It is a generic song. But maybe, then again, maybe, you know, most songs are. Back then, it, as you had stated, you know, it, it fit what was... The shitty, well, I don't want to say shitty music scene back then because this is what I was involved in. But it was good music back it, then. It, it, um, you can be honest here. Yeah, no, it, this is a no judgment zone. No, I judge. He guess, <laughs> see? Um, yeah, this is, I mean, it's a very mess song. It's very generic sounding. Uh, this could have been any mid 90s band, to yeah. be honest. Um, next, another single. Mm hmm. Another one that was fucking huge. The singles on this album were massive. Correct. All over you. Yeah, I didn't know they did this one either. I liked it. Wow. I know. That's what I said. I didn't know that Live did so many songs that I did enjoy from the time. Yeah. See, now, my whole thing with this one is uh, I do like the song. Uh, I I had to give it a mad though. Okay. Ed's voice really fucking started to grate on me by this point. (laughs) He's Billy Corrigan... With was, less talent. Oh and that's saying a lot because Corrigan sucks. <laughs> this guy, Ed Kowalczyk's voice just fucking grates on me after a while. Um, I mean, I'm sure that could yeah. be said of Four, me too. 14 songs on an album. Holy shit. Yeah. Uh, could have stopped at seven or eight. Yeah. Here we go. Um, the next one is probably my favorite song. <laughs> yes, and it's called Shit Town. My kids, I, I said to my kids, I said this is like this is like Summit Hill, <laughs> and they're like, "What do you yeah, mean?" I, I said, "Listen, 
Right. Yeah, the weavers live up the street. Well, in some of it, will be the meth heads live up the street. No, I, there are weavers that live that are yeah, in town. But, but I'm saying the, we, the weavers live up the street from you and the, the crackheads. But in your case, the meth heads live down the street there from you. you. Go. It could be fucking Palmerton. I, it's, I wrote the skook. <laughs> it's an okay song, but I hate the subject matter. What, about how your town kind of sucks? Have you ever been to York? No, but I don't. I just. I, I have. I, I just. Yeah, but I don't think by now they should have been out of York. It's the third album. Well, yeah. should have at least. Well, well, this one sold over eight million copies. The first two, I think, sold eight combined. And the yeah. first yeah. and the first album. And they not were million, un- eight. Yeah, the first the first album, they were under a different name. They didn't go by live, but it is considered their first release. They changed their name after that. Yeah, they're. Uh, I I wholeheartedly agree with the sentiment of the song because I've been to York. <laughs> it's a fucking shit town. You got a barbell manufacturer and a Harley plant. Yes. Ain't much else. I'd rather... There's a, and you know what? There's this, there's some great Irish songs called Dirty Old Town that I, I think it's by the Flogging Mollies that is much better at talking about than this. No. If you're gonna, yeah, you gotta do it with an Irish accent. If you're gonna do anything, no, Why? no, what? no, 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 you gotta do it doing a fucking low rent Dicky Betts and uh, Dicky Barron impression. <laughs> oh wait, that's the asshole from Dropkick Murphys. Moving on, um, you're not gonna live that down. Uh, <laughs> next is one of the few songs on the record that gets a no from me. TBD. Yeah, mine too. It's a mumbly mishmash mesh. Yeah, it starts slow and just fucking plods on. It's it's TBD stands for the Tibetan Book of Death. And this is about a guy laying there thinking about how he's going to die and all this other crap. I don't care about the subject matter. The song sucks. I like the song. Dirty Old Towns by the Dubliners and then the Pogues. Two great bands. Okay. Yeah, okay. I wikied it. I wikied it. Okay. I ain't going to lie. I like this. I enjoyed the song. Nah. I I didn't. I really I really didn't. Um, I thought it was terrible. Uh, next track number ten, we have a song called "Stage." This song almost has a punk rock feel to it. It is very fast. That's what I have, and it's better. Yeah, it's a good song. Good yeah. fast paced song. Yes, yes. Yeah, uh, like I said, this almost has a punk rock feel to it. Um, very little integrity. But no punk rock, uh, punk rock feel. Yeah, there's more punk rock in the Dropkick Murphys. Oh, yeah, there is actually. But ah, ah, yes. But it's not saying much. No, 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 no. That's the right, man. Yes, it's. But Don't live you. isn't a punk band, you fucktard. <laughs> Next, we're back to the mess side of things. Uh, it's called Waitress. This is I. You know what? This song, you're right. This was probably filler. I thought it was good. It is a good song, but I know what he's saying. But it was. I didn't. It didn't get an X from me. It so was. It's not it a was just. Song. It was just like. Uh, uh, go ahead. This could have been, uh, and it may well have been a reject from the sm- from a Smashing Pumpkins record. This sounds just like a Smashing Pumpkins song. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't think so. Yeah, and he, he he's trying to channel Billy Corrigan here again. Well, I don't listen to Smashing Pumpkins, so I couldn't comment on that. <laughs> good. You may, good. Have, you may have listened to more than I have. Yeah, well. <laughs> 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 
It's the only song anybody it's knows. Fucking change. Yeah, despite all my rage, I am still just Nicolas Cage. Anyway, uh, we're on the. Let's keep the Metrain train going. Going. Oh. Pillar of Davidson. My favorite song on the album. This song is too fucking long. Too long. Too droney. Ugh. It's not in their wheelhouse at all. The, the I even tried fast forwarding it. It was still too long. The <laughs> the end the end of the song where they have the the overlapping chorus is or singing is just I I fucking love it. And the song is about people at a plant, a Harley Davidson plant. The shepherd is your boss. Working for the man. That's what that song's about. Wait, a shepherd's your boss. In that, the, that's in, doing sheep. In the, in the song, he constantly messages, mentions shepherds. Yeah, because you're doing you're working for the man. Yeah, I, I mean, the subject matter is is relatable, but the song just is not fucking good. I just love the ending of this song. Nope. The way they sing at the end. Oh, I love it. And we'll keep the meth train going with. Uh, white discussion. Once again, too long. It has, and you're right. It's almost the same length and as it had a country feel to it. No, no, it, no, it, no, it does. It does. This one does. That, no, the and last. It, I know. Okay. I had that note too. Okay, but it, but it, then it felt like it went into a jam session. It's noise for noise sake too. Yeah, it's not good. I, and a fucking terrible. Like on the original release on CD, if I'm not if I'm not wrong. The final track was a hidden track that was a little bit away. Yeah, there was there was a bunch of like they kids back when they had these things called CDs. There would be a secret song hidden on the disc. You would get like one second of yeah. nothingness for like ten tracks, and woo bonus a new song. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's what they that's what Live did on this record. So if you didn't wait, and you thought this was the end of the record. What a fucking terrible way to end the album. This one should have been buried yep. in the middle. Mm. It should have been buried completely at the get-go. I won't fucking disagree. This you, song is... Um, I'll, I'll be I'll be generous and give it meh. I'm not even going to meh. It's another dad country song. When I heard the slide guitar, I'm like, what the fuck? This is experimental. Do you, do you know what it's about? I don't care. A horse? No, we're talking about... That white, one wasn't white horse? Dis- white discussion. White discussion. Right. Notice the comma after white. Yeah. It's talking. I mean, they're still talking about race back then. How everybody just keeps talking and nothing's getting fucking done. I don't care. The song's too long. It's fucking boring. It's noise for noise. I didn't think it was boring. I do. Um, And the last song on the record. Absolutely fucking not. Oh. Song's called Horse. This is a hidden track. It's so different. It's different doesn't make it good. I enjoyed it. This nope. is a shitty country song. Dun, 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 yeah, this is awful. It's a terrible way to end. Ah, terrible. Well, it, was, it was hidden. This should have never. It should have stayed you, fucking. You hidden. shouldn't have found it. Well, Spotify, you don't get that option. I know. Yeah, and then deluxe version, you had three more songs. I wasn't about to listen to those. Me neither. I didn't do that. This uh, this album's fucking. This album, it started poorly, it picked up in the middle, and it ended poorly. <laughs> Mm. Um, what do you what do you give it out of ten, Bill? Out of ten, only because the all the singles on it except that one I fucking loathe. 
I'm only going to give it a six. Okay. For the singles alone, the rest of it could just be left. I mean, that's all it needed. Four, you know, it was like, let's say half of the songs were good. And I'm giving it a six because I'm being generous. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Jim? Uh, nine and a half. I love this album. You don't be ashamed. I love this don't, album. Don't be shamed into taking that half a point off. No. You put it in a bucket because you love this. I love this album. And you would tug it in the silica to it. Don't. Don't. <laughs> Take he, a half no a way, point. not wood. Did. What did you say? He tug, you tugged it in the silica to it. <laughs> he, he, was, he was giving himself old fashions down the. Down oh the my god! Anyway, um, so okay, we got a six up, six from Bill, a nine and a half from the Jimmer. Me, I'm gonna go. I'm grading on a curve. I'm grading on a curve. I'm considering the time frame. And what the musical climate was, mm-hmm. I'm giving it a six. There we go. Um, it's it's the singles stand up. The rest of it, no. The rest of it is you know it's very forgettable, mid '90s stuff. Yep. Uh, all in all, it's a very middle of the road album. Yeah, for me. Um, and. I'm going to, like I said, I'm going to be nice and do and go six. There we go. Now, on to something that's going to piss Amanda off. Our movie was suggested by our friend Amanda. Oh. Yes. Hacksaw Ridge. This movie was written by Andrew Knight and Robert Schenken. Directed by our favorite anti-Semite, Mel Gibson. Based on a 2004 documentary called The Conscientious Objector. Made on a budget of $40 million and makes $180.5 million at the box office. Our cast of characters, we have Andrew Garfield as Desmond Doss. Sam Worthington as Captain Jack Glover. Luke Bracey as Smitty Riker. Hugo Weaving as as uh, Desmond's father, Thomas Doss. Uh, Teresa Palmer as Dorothy Shute, who's Desmond's wife. Rachel Griffiths as Bertha Doss, his, which is Desmond's mother. Vince Vaughn as Sergeant Howell. Ryan Carr as Lieutenant Manville. Richard Roxborough as Colonel Seltzer. Luke Pe- uh, Pegler as Hollywood Zane. Richard Pyros as uh, Teach Fuller. Ben Menge as Grease Nolan. Nathaniel Pozolik as Hal Doss, who's Desmond's brother, and uh, Goran Clute as Ghoul Walker. (laughs) Yeah. (sighs) This movie received six Oscar nominations, including Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor for Andrew Garfield, uh, and Best Sound Editing. And it wins two Oscars. It wins for Best Sound Mixing and Best Film Editing. This movie is the story of uh, it's a true story based on the life of a man named Desmond Doss. Desmond Doss is an absolute fucking legend. This man was a conscientious objector, uh, which means he was a pacifist, essentially. Correct. Um, he was raised, uh, and we'll get into it a little bit in when we go through what like the plot of the movie. But uh, his family... He was a strict Seventh-day Adventist. Mm-hmm. And 
because of his Seventh-day Adventist upbringing and an incident with his brother, yes, he disavowed violence. Correct. That being said, Thomas Doss enlists, or not Thomas Doss, Desmond Doss, enlists in the Army during... Actually, let's not get into this. Let's, Correct. Let's jump into the movie. The one thing I, I, I told him I realized today, I did the math um, as to when this movie came out. I took my son to see this in the theaters when he was seven years old. Hmm. Oh, I remember him seeing the advertisement on TV. He goes, can we go see that? Yeah, I'll take you. And then I'm watching. I'm like, oh, my God. Okay, so the the movie opens up in 1920s uh, Virginia. Yes. And you see two little boys playing, and they're roughhousing, as young boys are, are wont to do. And their father... Is saying about he's only gonna he's gonna let him kick the, essentially you're gonna let him kick the shit out of each other and then he's gonna kick the shit out of the winner yeah <laughs> less work for me yeah yeah. Le, yeah less work for me well he Hugo, came, he came back from the cemetery though too yeah he was a World War One veteran yes he t- well we were gonna get into that oh I'm sorry uh, no, it's okay it's okay Thomas Doss um, the boy's father is uh, now this is before people knew what PTSD was correct. And Thomas Doss obviously has yeah. PTSD. Yes. And he's a World War One veteran. And uh, he's a drunk. He's a very violent man. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's abusive. Uh, he's just... for he tries, he tries in his own way to be a good person, but, you know, he fails in a lot of ways. Correct. Uh, but once again, and I'm not making excuses for it, this is 1929. It's a different fucking yeah, and world. And also, I mean, they, I mean, he lost all of his friends. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, everybody he knew and grew up and, with is, yep. is now in the cemetery. And they didn't realize this until after World War II. That's when VFW started coming around. Right. So veterans uh, can get together and well, blah, blah, they, blah, blah. There they still had this thing called shell shock. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they called it. Uh, uh, we'll get into that. Doug says good flick. <laughs> we'll get into that. Um they they called it shell shock, and shell shock uh, evolved into what was known as combat fatigue. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then combat fatigue eventually involved evolved into what we know today as post traumatic stress disorder. And um, Thomas Doss was obviously suffering from a fucking mm-hmm. severe case of PTSD. Yeah, yeah, and uh, so. Desmond nearly kills his brother while they're fucking about. Yep. And uh, smacks him upside the head with a brick. Yep. And uh, his mother scolds him. Tells him, you know, of all the commandments in the Bible, Jesus is most sacred as thou shalt not kill. Correct. And Desmond takes that to heart. Okay. And he. this is part of the reason that he, he, his life takes the path it takes. Mm-hmm. So now let's fast forward a few years in the movie. Um, he's at, I think he's at church. Yeah, he's, he's, helping, he's, he's helping out of the church. Yeah, he's cleaning yeah. the windows. Yeah, he's cleaning out of the church. And a car falls down on a young man outside the church. And he's bleeding from, you know, he's bleeding from an artery. Basically, yeah, probably an ephemeral. 
Uh, yeah, probably the femoral. Yeah. So uh, Desmond takes off his belt, and smart, smart young man, tourniquets the wound. Yes. And they get him to the hospital, and the doctor tells him that uh, who applied? Ask him who applied this tourniquet. I did. You probably saved this boy's life. And here's where we meet. Uh, here's where we meet Dorothy. Yes. She's the nurse, and she and immediately Desmond's smitten, mm-hmm. and for good reason. Yeah. Good looking girl. Yes. Um. So he asks her out on a date, or he goes back. Yeah, he gives, well, she says, like, you know, give blood. And he goes, okay, yeah, I'll give blood. And she's like, okay, wait wait in the room. And he's just standing there. Going, no, go go wait in the room. So he gives blood. And then, uh, oh, he said he was waiting for his belt because the guy had it. She goes, well, I don't have your belt. But anyway, he ends up giving blood. Yep. And then he goes home, and he comes back the next day. Yeah, and to give blood again. Give, and she goes, I, I can't. And then he goes, well, then I want it back. <laughs> <laughs> Take that, the, the, the bottle you gave me with blood and yeah. I want it back. Yeah. So he asks her out on a date. And they go to a, they go to see a movie. And, um, you know, uh, it, it's just a very wholesome 1930s or mm-hmm. 1930s, 1940s thing. Mm-hmm. And I think it was in late 30s, early 40s because yeah. yeah. the war was. War no, was it had to be a no, little bit. No, 41. Because Pearl, Pearl Harbor had happened. Right. Well, uh, well, Pearl Harbor was about to happen. Yeah. Yes. So it was uh, late 1941 because mm-hmm. Pearl Harbor was December 7th of 41. Mm-hmm. So um, Desmond, uh, you know, he kisses Dorothy and she's yep. like, I thought you would like it. He's like, I thought you might like it. Well, I would have if you, yeah. I might have if you would have asked. Yeah, because she smacked him. Yeah, she smacked him. It was a, a cute little, cute yeah. little exchange. Yeah. But um, Desmond is working at a shipyard at the time. Correct. And he could have gotten a deferment and not gone. Correct. But Pearl Harbor happens, mm-hmm. and he decides that he has to go. Yeah, and, there, and there, well, there is a point. I mean, none of us can understand what that must have meant. I Well, I mean, you as a, as a veteran, yes, but I'm saying... Well, well go ahead. I mean, yeah, I mean... When everybody at the time, it was no divided country. Everybody wanted to help out wherever they could. After that, when nine eleven happened, okay, mm-hmm. I was that close to reenlisting. I almost, mm-hmm. I, I was that close, but I had a two year old kid at home. Uh-huh. I, Randy was two. Who was that guy from the Cardinals? Oh, Pat Tillman. That's it. Yeah, Pat Tillman. Yeah. Leaves a you know multi multi million dollar NFL contract, yeah, but enlists in, in the army. Rangers. But I mean, even with like nine eleven, and I'm not gonna you know um, diminish nine eleven because that was also horrific. But, yes, I mean when you add like I mean sporting events, I mean musicians, sport sports, every, every man, even every bottle man just went. Yeah, and women were taking over, building things, well, and taking over. I mean, I it, mean, the whole country really. It's, it's kind of a different story, different scenario though, because there was a draft at in World War II. But still, a lot did go. Oh yeah, a lot well, went voluntarily. Yeah, a lot went voluntarily. Well, don't, but don't forget his brother. Yeah, his mm-hmm. brother. His brother was in the Navy. But when his brother came to the dinner table, oh yeah, yeah, in his uniform, his dad basically told him, "Get the fuck out." Yeah, which was which I which I thought was kind of weird. And again, I know that was probably the PTSD. Yeah, but I I you know I would often think that 
um, sons of when military gets passed down, there's like almost like a pride that would be there. Yes. In a lot of cases there is. Yeah. But when you have somebody who's who's experience mm-hmm. was as horrific as that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot of times it goes the it can go the other way. Mm-hmm. Um like me personally, I've never pushed my I've never pushed my boys toward the military. If they wanted to do it, I would support it a hundred percent. But I've never pushed them toward it because I know it's not for everyone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A hundred percent. I know that. Um, But anyway, back to the movie. Mm -hmm. So now Desmond enlists in the army and he's going to be a combat medic. Mm -hmm. He wants to do he wants to he wants to try to do a little bit of good in a bad fucking situation. Correct. And I don't know if whenever he whenever he tells her that he's enlisting, she gets out of the car and. She goes, weren't you going to marry me? And he goes, what do you mean? She goes, well, maybe I would have, you know, if you asked me. She does, she does that yeah. line again. So then they agree to get married on his, what, first? On his, his first, first leave. Yeah, his first mm-hmm. leave. Yeah, his first leave. So Desmond goes to basic training, and he's in a basic training platoon, and he refuses to touch a weapon. Correct. And this leads to, obviously, all sorts of consternation between him and the rest of the guys in his platoon. Yeah, now... Speak it as the, as just the movie itself. The only miscasting I think this whole movie had was Vince Vaughn. Correct, one hundred percent. I really, I he was fucking terrible. I mean, I understand. I don't know what the casting director was going for, or what. But I mean, I have seen many drill instructors in many movies. Vince Vaughn is never the person because honestly, when the Doss is laughing. At some of the, because I'm sure drill drill instructors, I think they yes they hate the laughter, but no. I've seen videos they want that shit to oh, happen. Oh, they do want it to happen. Yeah, you they do want it to happen. <laughs> but when what, hang on, let me tell you a little I'll tell you a little story. Yeah, personal experience. When you've got uh, uh, the, the guy's appearance and his voice alone were laughable. One of my drill instructors at Par- at uh, Fort Jackson was a man named Drill Sergeant Kit. Now, Drill Sergeant Kit was a six-foot-two-inch tall black man with a gap in his front teeth like Michael Strahan. He could have flossed with a tow rope. <laughs> and he had a voice like this! <laughs> and he would say shit like, Private, you fuck up my station at the Super Bowl. I done invented some shit for your ass. I call it the duffel bag drag. You gonna be the duffel bag. That kind of shit, right? Yeah. They, they believe me, this guy once put, I saw him once put a recruit on remote control. Oh, I remember you, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I saw him once put a, they get off on the laughter because it gives them an opportunity to smoke the shit out of you. Yeah. But, yeah, you're 100% right, Bill. Yeah. Vince Vaughn was completely miscast. I would have rather I, have seen someone, Liam Neeson. He would have been good. Yeah, you're sure. There, there could have been a bunch of people I could have would have put in that, but Vince Vaughn was the last person. Yeah, I would have wanted to see as a drill instructor because he was not believable to me as a drill instructor. If he was a bit younger, I could have seen Hugo Weaving. Hugo Weaving was awesome as a part, though. Oh yeah, Hugo yeah. Weaving was great. Everybody from the generals, the the commanders, every part in that movie, even the cadets. Yeah, that was all miscast. Everybody was, was cast. Perfectly right, except Vince Vaughn. Yeah, I, there could they could have done so much better. There. Mm-hmm. I did enjoy that scene 
where he first comes in and meets everybody, and he looks at the guy, he names him Ghoul. How long have you been dead? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Hollywood's doing naked pull-ups. Pull ups, ups, which, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. It was, I mean, Holly, that, if if this, if those stories are honest to God true, because, like, if it's, I mean, just to the fact that someone's doing naked pull-ups in the barracks. And now has to go out and, and yeah. run in the field. Yeah. And, and low crawl under barbed yeah. wire. Yes. Like, yeah. Naked. But well, anyway, so he enlists as a combat medic. Mm-hmm. Um, he goes to basic, refuses to touch his weapon all throughout basic. So now his, you know, his, his, the sergeant, Vince Vaughn, and the company commander and the battalion commander are doing everything they fucking can to get him to quit. Correct. And he will not quit. The other cadets beat the dog shit out of this guy. Because mm-hmm. they lost, I think, furlough. Yeah, because yes. they, they lost a furlough because of because he wouldn't touch a weapon. Correct. And so now they get the, the, the colonel, the, the battalion commander, gets the bright idea that he's going to give him a direct order. To, to qualify with the M1 Garand, to qualify with a rifle. And Doss refuses to do it, so now he faces a court-martial. Correct. Because they tried to Section 8 him. Yeah, they tried to hit him on a, hit him but, with a Section 8. But the guy's like, he's not crazy. He just has his beliefs. Right. So he go, they, they put him before a court-martial, and he's given the opportunity to plead guilty and just go home. But he refuses to do it. He changed it last minute. Yep, last it, minute it, it, changed it. It was all set up that he was going to... I just watched this last night again, so that's why I have to... I just watched it yesterday. Yeah, I watched um, it last night again. But yeah, he was going to go home and go back to... Uh, presumably go back to his job at the shipyard, marry Dorothy, and everything was going to be wonderful. Correct. He fucking refuses to do it. But yes. now at this point, one of the few people left from his father's World War II unit was his company commander, mm-hmm. who's now a fucking brigadier general, who's now a one-star general. Mm-hmm. So you see Thomas Doss in his old fucking World War One doughboy uniform, and he goes and he ends up with a fucking letter from this brigadier general and takes it into to Desmond's court-martial proceedings. Yeah. State And it, the letter states that his conscientious, conscientious objector status is protected by the Constitution, Correct. which it is. And I'll tell you what, I thought that was an interesting take on him coming in in the old uniform and getting almost no respect. Oh, yeah, when they when they said this was for military personnel only. Yeah. And that's when he goes, what, I, I'm i in a war, and once it's over, I'm no longer, you know, military personnel? Yeah, that, that to me was like a yeah. weird, a, an interesting commentary on where respect was placed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but it, the reality of it is a court-martial proceeding is mm-hmm. a private proceeding. Yeah. Um, I don't, and I don't, I've never been court-martialed, and, so I don't that, that know. Was, that, that was the whole thing. That's why he had to go in, because he asked those gentlemen standing outside to take this letter in, because it's very important for what's going on in there. Yeah. And they refused. Yeah. So they, he goes in, and he gives this letter to the, to the, to the colonel who's presiding over the court-martial, and now everybody's been fucking overruled mm-hmm. by this brigadier general and, more importantly, by the United States Constitution. Correct. Because conscientious objector status is 100% protected, 
protected. Um, so now the movie skips over uh, two very significant things in Doss's life that I want to touch on because it tells you what an absolute fucking legend this guy is. It's the beginning of the legend of Desmond Doss. Okay. He was awarded before the battle, before the battle of Hacksaw Ridge, before the battle for Okinawa. Mm -hmm. He served in Guam. I did see he served. Yes. And in Guam, in the battle for Guam, he was awarded a bronze star with a valor device for con for performance above and beyond the call of duty. Okay. Bronze stars are no joke. They don't just fucking hand them out. Mm -hmm. All of this without firing a shot or touching a weapon. Correct. Then he's awarded a second bronze star with a valor device for the battle of the Philippines. I did a little research. Mm -hmm. Um, once again, without firing mm -hmm. a shot, he never took another life. He never even injured another person. Now we get to the Battle of Okinawa. Correct. And I understand, you know, it's a, it, and even with skipping over that, it's still a two and a half hour movie. I know. Mm -hmm. It's a very long movie. Um, we get to Okinawa. The battle scenes are fucking phenomenal. Oh, like the, uh, <laughs> the flamethrower scenes. Well, God damn. And that's why, like, I'm in the theater going, oh, shit. <laughs> and I, I, you know, being, being, uh, being, former military and being uh, an avid call of duty player yeah. back in the day. Yes. The weapons were fucking accurate because you had how you had Sergeant Howell with the grease gun. How, how did, did the U S have a grease gun? Yeah. Okay. I didn't know. I, yeah. I was going to bring MP, that up. It's an MP 40. Okay. Yeah. The, the, it's essentially the MP 40. Okay. Nine millimeter, uh, collapsible, collapsible stock fucking workhorse. Then you've got guys with the BAR, mm -hmm. okay, uh, which is the Browning Automatic Rifle, which is one of the first machine guns that we, they're you know, like uh, individual serviced machine guns we had. We still had some squad service stuff like the Ma Deuce, mm -hmm. uh, which you see in that. Um, but like the Japanese were using Arakasas with bayonets. Uh, the Japanese soldiers, yeah, like, they did very well with the accuracy on the on the weaponry now hacksaw ridge is a sheer vertical cliff that they have to access by climbing fucking cargo nets 400 feet yeah mm -hmm. unbelievable now dos's unit is set to relieve another unit and launch an assault on hacksaw ridge during the first flight dos saves smitty Mm -hmm. Okay, Smitty gets injured. Doss saves him, and then they're sitting there after the battle, and they're talking. And uh, they, they, the night when they dig their hole. Yep, the night when yep. they dig when you know dig in. Everybody dig in, get some shut eye. Yep, two hour two hour watches. Um, Smitty and Doss bury the hatchet for all the shit that went mm -hmm. on in basic training, and you know we we find out Smitty's not really a fucking bad guy, and we also find out why, and we find out exactly. Why Doss won't fire mm -hmm. a shot? Because years prior, a few years prior, 
he almost shot his father because mm-hmm. his father was threatening his mom with a gun. And his father's like, pull the damn trigger. Pull the mm-hmm. damn trigger. And, you know, this is why Das mm-hmm. has become a pacifist. And uh, yeah, it's completely fucking understandable. Um, so now the next morning, the Japanese hit back hard. Like fucking cockroaches. Well, it, later on, we find out where they're coming from. Yeah. Because uh, the, we learned, and this was a lesson that we learned here and took with us into Vietnam. Mm-hmm. We knew we knew that they, the Japanese had did this. It just the ja- the Vietnamese did it better mm-hmm. uh, with the tunnels. Yeah. And like, but in Vietnam, we actually had tunnel rats. Yes. We had dudes that would, their job was to go in and fucking smoke out these tunnels. Um, terrible fucking job. Uh, the guy that was my boss when I worked at Fernbrook before I went in the army, mm-hmm. he was a fucking tunnel rat in Vietnam. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so now the second morning of the attack, the Japanese hit back hard and the unit is just fucking decimated. You know what? I want to back up a little bit because I thought about this. So every day or every time before they send guys up there, they have the ships shoot yeah. artillery up there. Yep. So then the Japs know, hey, they're coming. <laughs> So they fucking scurry and hide. And then, you know, you get up there, then they fucking pop out. Then they had the battle. And like you said, now this is the next morning. Mm-hmm. And all the Japs came again. And you can continue. The ja- the Japanese all come out again. And they are, they just fucking lay waste to the, to the unit. Yes. Um, so they retreat down over. They retreat down over the hill. Doss doesn't make it down. But. He hears more men, you know, crying, uh, screaming for help. Mm-hmm. And he's a combat medic. So he's going and he's fucking saving mm-hmm. lives. The official total that he was credited with in the Battle of Hacksaw Ridge is 75 men. And he did that shit single handedly. All night long. All, all night, night long, long. Lowering them down. Belaying them down on a fucking repelling harness. Yeah. When did. When did Smitty pass? He passed the the morning of the second attack. That's what I thought. He passed the he passed he, the he, next morning. He got shot and and Doss tried to take him and say, "Get this guy down." He goes, "Sorry, it's too late, man." Yeah, yeah. That's when Smitty got greased. Um, but now, seventy five men by himself overnight, and then he finally gets down. Mm-hmm. Uh, him and him and Sergeant Howell. Yes. He lowers Howell down, and now the Japanese are coming, and he essentially throws himself with a repelling harness Correct. over the fucking side. Yes. And, you know, ends up climbing his way back down the rest of the way. Um, while the guys are down on the ground picking off guys at the fucking top of the cliff. Yeah. Amazing scene. Um, so now they take him to... They take him to... Oh, hang on. Another thing that we've got to touch on mm. is uh, Seventh-day Adventists observe, observe a Saturday Sabbath, mm-hmm. which is going to come into play. And and what was funny is whenever he was 
who was the command commander at the base when he was talking to him and says, I just don't want to touch a gun, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, oh, is there anything else that the U.S. Army can do for you? Yeah. Yeah, I need my Sabbath on a Saturday. Oh, I'm sure we can work that. Well, anyway. well, the, they the, have to the do thing that. was, Vin, when Vince Vaughn delivered the line, he also doesn't work on Saturdays. Yeah, that's right. And I, always, I honestly thought it was a joke. Nope, nope. But the way the way it got delivered, I'm like, I'm like, you know, is this is he just saying a joke to be a dick now? <laughs> no. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah. They explain it later, but yeah. Yeah, not that in that scene. So the their uh, the commander who uh, now they re, he apologizes for calling him a coward because mm-hmm. he realizes that this is one of the bravest sons of bitches he's ever gonna fucking meet, and he's one of the bravest men who has ever lived. And that that's legit. He's one of the bravest men who has ever lived. Yeah. And what he did proves that. But um so he tells Doss that they're that you know Saturday they're planning on they're they're gonna take the ridge. Mm-hmm. But I won't do it without you. Okay, we'll do it. And they're all standing and he's praying. Yeah. Praying for him. What are you waiting for? We're waiting for Doss. What what is Doss? Well, he's praying. Yeah. Oh shit, we forgot one thing. Every time he's lowering a man over that ridge the night uh, over uh, during the night, he's praying, just let me get one more. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. Every yes, fucking time. He was cuz when he got stuck up there, I forgot what the hell he was saying. Something about God show me blah 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 and then that's when he started hearing the noises. Yeah. And yes, and then it was, please, God, help me find one more. You're exactly 100% yep. correct. Let me find one more. And he found fucking 75. Yeah. Unbelievable. Now, they launched the next assault. And the sneaky Japanese, like they're surrendering, because they're getting their asses kicked. Mm-hmm. The, they come out like they're surrendering. They've got the white flags. And now the Japanese commander commits... Ritual Sui, seppuku. Yeah, yeah, that. He he Mm -hmm. commits seppuku in the tunnel Mm -hmm. because he knows it's a lost cause, and much like the like the uh, uh, samurai, not not the samurai, the the kamikaze pilots. These guys are embarking on a suicide mission. They're fucking. They're they're setting off grenades. You know, and holding on to him. Yeah. So, like, they, they show Doss batting one away, and then he kicks one away. Mm-hmm. And it goes off. And this is where Doss gets injured yes. and gets taken down. And uh, that's essentially the end of the movie. Yeah. There was one There was another, one other really cool scene there when he was going through and he found somebody injured laying there who was alive but there was a dead body next to him and the Japs were coming mm-hmm. he pulls the body over him he pulls the body over him but then covered the guy with dirt and said just trust me yeah Cause, and it just you just see the one eye sitting through the dirt and then the Japs good thing he did pull that guy on top because he bayoneted the guy to make sure he was dead yep um, but yeah and then like you see Doss getting lowered down to the bottom clutching the fucking Bible yep mm-hmm. Clutching that Bible, and you know Dorothy's picture was in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I said Amanda wasn't going to like me for this. I fucking lied. I loved this movie. I told you. I knew you would. This movie was fucking fantastic. This is this is a, this is a, a one of mine. You know, Jimmy and mine's go to. We watch it. Oh my god, we watch this multiple times a year. Um, 
then okay so that's the end of like the the dramatic or the dramatized part of it now we switch to actual pictures of of corporal doss yes like and video of him getting oh excuse me getting his medal of honor pinned on him by president truman mm-hmm. and interviews with people that were that served with him and people who served with him mm-hmm. at hacksaw ridge and i tell you what i I did a little, like I said, I did a little research on this guy, and uh, he's a fucking absolute legend. And this was a really good movie. I uh, I said in the in the group text about a new. I I want to do a new movie rating system. Okay. Because stars confuse Bill. <laughs> they do not confuse me. I just don't abide by them. Well, we're gonna abide by this. Well, now the movies are gonna be rated as such. The movie either gets a thumbs up, a thumbs in the middle, a thumbs down, or in the cases of most of the shit that that Jim, um, you you were I almost said Bill, you, yeah, but you meant it. In most of the <laughs> shit that Jim suggests to us, it gets the finger. Oh, I thought it was gonna be a thumb up the ass. Oh, you no, enjoy that too much. It gets the finger. Now. What do you give this movie? All right. Well, I, first I want to... Well, go ahead. Okay. Editorialize. Um, I, I am going to say this movie had an overall great cast, great action. I can understand why it won so many awards. And I can appreciate and respect the movie and the story for what it was. And that being all said, I did not like the movie. Because okay. I do not like war movies. Okay. I, but I, I get that. I am going to take myself out of... Of even that and say, if you like war movies and movies about, um, you know, stories about war and all that, definitely I will recommend this movie and see it. Okay. I would not recommend it to me. (laughs) You know, so, however, I have to rate this now. Yes. Do you remember how to do that now? Yeah. So, I have to give it. So, I definitely will give this, as a movie, a thumb up. Thumbs okay. up. Okay. But it's, like I said, I, it's not one I want to see again. I just, I don't like war movies. Did you ever see gotcha. Saving Private Ryan? I I have seen it. I didn't like that one either. Right. About the only war movie I do like is Full Metal Jacket, which is weird. Yeah. Well, a lot of that, a lot of that folk doesn't focus on war. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, and, and to be fair, Gunnery Sergeant Hartman is such an iconic character. Yeah, I, am, and I am just so infinitely quotable. I'm not a fan of the genre, but that still being said, people should see this movie, yes. even though I don't care yeah. for it. Right. Yeah. Have you ever seen Band of Brothers, Eric? Yes. Okay. I like the inner. The reason, the main reason I like them as well, and, and Jimmy, like I said, I'm watching it again with Jimmy for Christ's sake. Are the interviews they have yeah. with the people that they're really. Yeah. I mean, the shit that those guys went through and they're talking about it. Yeah. Holy shit. And I, I, the second one, the Pacific. Yeah. That was another. Well, World War II. Um, World War II is a com- like the warfare from that time frame is a completely fucking different animal than we have today. Correct. Um, in, in a lot of ways, it was a lot more brutal. Um, but what, what, what do you rate the movie? Jim? Oh, that's got to be a thumbs up. Like I said, this is this is a constant rotation right up there with, well, I know you're not going to enjoy it, but this is like we got 
Ford versus Ferrari and and Hawks Hacksaw Ridge come out of his mouth almost every time he's over. Nice. I'm I I really enjoyed this movie. Amanda, thank you very much for suggesting this. Um, I'm definitely going to give this movie a big fucking thumbs up. I really enjoyed this to the point where I I like I said I went and I learned a little a bit about Desmond Doss after watching this and that man much respect sir much yeah, fucking I, respect I actually have one of my games Memoir 44 which does a lot of the battles of World War II uh-huh. they have a Desmond Doss scenario he just showed it to me tonight I'm like you fucking really yes yes and I, I want and I'm and I and I I'm going to play it and it's like it takes place like it it does the best it can do to for the Hacksaw Ridge scenario. That's awesome. Yeah. And like I said, they do a lot of the um, the battles of World War II. As I said, even though I don't... And that's it. I don't... And that's one of my favorite games as well. Right. It's just... And I did... Oh, the, the battle scenes were so graphic. I was like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, the the battle scenes. I, and that, that's one thing I do got to give Mel Gibson credit for. Like, if you go back to even like Braveheart. Yes. Um, Go back to Braveheart. And even... And believe it or not, I really enjoyed this movie. The Passion of the Christ. Mm-hmm. Mel Gibson does brutality in such a beautiful way. The Patriot. Mm. Patriot. And that one that had to do with the Incas. Uh, what the hell was that? I don't remember. That, that had to do with Incas and the Aztecs. It was in... I don't, I don't remember. I'll think of it. But Mel Gibson does brutality mm. in a beautiful way. Um, I, I've, I really enjoyed this movie. Um... And I'm I'm looking I'm actively looking for the documentary. Mm. That's I was just gonna say I saw that there was a documentary. Yep, it's called the Conscientious Objector. I didn't even know that. Um, I it's on it's on Tubi and I believe it's on the Roku channel. Um, so I'm gonna I'm act, I'm going to watch that at some point, hopefully this weekend. But um, I have a lot of stuff going on once again this weekend. Mm-hmm. Just nothing music related. Um, I'll talk to you guys off. Yeah, the there's air. a uh, there's actually a food truck event down at uh, the Iron Pig Stadium. We're going to. Oh, nice. Yep. Yeah, and then as and immediately after that, and then I'm going to the races. Well, I I haven't relaxed much. Well, tomorrow <laughs> since I've been back. Well, uh, let me tell you about my route tomorrow. Oh no. Um, I actually got one kind of close. Uh, Doug says we were soldiers is another good one. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah. And Wind Talkers. Wind Talkers is good, too. Um, but uh, tomorrow I'm going to start my day. I have one in Packer Township outside of Jim Thorpe. And then from there, I'm going to go. I'm skook bound. Pine Grove, <laughs> Friedensburg, three in Tamaqua. Get your guide out, man. Get your guide out. Do some fucking, fun stuff. Fucking three in Tamaqua. And then I'm actually going to be kind of close to Jim in my Tamaqua ones. I'm right off right on 54. Oh, okay. Um, oh, I, avoid Tamaqua at all costs. I'm gonna go. Th- I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. Well, that's just generally. Yeah, no, no, no. They have. They have. <laughs> oh, the, they, they have constructions all tore up. Uh, every single road, like main highway, is tore up. Yeah, I, I'll be on 54 outside of Tamaqua. Actually, Ryan Township, and then from there, I gotta go back up to fucking Wilkesbury. Oh, that's not a good trip. Yeah, it's gonna be a fucking blast. Let me tell you. I like Wilkesbury. Uh, I hate Wilkesbury. Did you? Uh, I was in my also favorite town a couple of days ago. Mm. Fucking Carbondale. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> fucking Carbondelay. I I even I even made a Facebook post. I said I hate this fucking town. I did see that. 
Yeah. Well, I was on the way down south. No cops. West Virginia. Virginia. Um, North Carolina. South Carolina. The minute he hit Georgia, holy shit. The cops are all out in Georgia. Oh, yeah. Every, every Like, everybody's getting, like, pulled over constantly. We actually at least put the cruise control on and said, I'm not speeding through this state. <laughs> no. Oh, no. You don't want to speed through Georgia. Uh, Hurt Locker is a good one, Eric. Uh, Junior's oh, yes. on there. Uh, Hurt Locker is a good one. Uh, Jarhead was another good one. Yes, it was. That was a very, very right. good movie. Um, now, to go to touch, to circle back to what Andy said about Bray Wyatt. Yeah. Uh, MSN is reporting yep. Bray Wyatt, known for the Wyatt family and the Fiend, dies at 36. Hmm. That's fucking terrible. Um, and he's a th- he's a third generation mm-hmm. wrestler. Yeah. His grandfather was Blackjack Mulligan, and his father was Mike Rotunda, uh, and his uncles Barry R- Barry Windham, wow, Kendall Windham. Uh, yeah, because his well, his mom was Blackjack Mulligan's daughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fucking terrible. Huh. Uh, former do- yeah. Did he, he say what happened? I don't know. Because uh, another guy died in an accident, didn't he? The one not too long ago in Jersey. Oh uh, yeah, that was Jay Briscoe. Yeah, that was uh, that was Jay Briscoe. A uh, fucking girl uh, was texting and driving. She was texting and driving. She crossed the center line and hit Jay Briscoe, killing him instantly and nearly paralyzing his two young oh. daughters. And I tell you what, as uh, a lifelong wrestling fan and. My favorite manager of all time is Jim Cornette. Okay. I have a special affinity for tag team wrestling because I grew up a huge fan of the Midnight Express, Jim Cornette's tag mm-hmm. team. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, their their matches with the Rock and Roll Express shaped a lot of my pro wrestling uh, tastes. Mm-hmm. And then you had... Guys like Shane Douglas or Shane Douglas and Johnny Ace, the dynamic dudes. Johnny Ace was fucking terrible, but I always loved Shane Douglas. <laughs> Shane Douglas and Ricky Steamboat were a good tag team. Uh, then you had Tully Blanchard and Arn Anderson. Uh, you know they were fucking fantastic. And nowadays, everybody that uh, you 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 essentially have two groups of wrestling fans now, um, as far as tag teams go. You have ones that swear the Young Bucks are the greatest tag team ever, Nick and Matt Jackson. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're a modern-day Hardy Boys that don't know how to sell uh, and just do flippy shit for the sake of doing flippy <laughs> shit. And then you have people that are fucking right and say the best tag team going right now is FTR, Dax, okay. uh, Dax Harwood and Cash Wheeler. If you say if you say they're the best tag team going right now, you're right. The other argue the other one you could have made an argument for were the Briscoe brothers, were Mark and Jay Briscoe. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, uh, Jay passed on. Yeah, I tell you what, if you want to fucking see like what tag team wrestling mm-hmm. should be, there's a trilogy of matches between FTR and the Briscoe brothers. Mm-hmm. You could find them on YouTube. Oh my God! <laughs> so good. 
But yeah, um, fuck Bray Wyatt, thirty six years old. Ay ay ay. His brother uh, is Bo Dallas. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a shame. Uh, yesterday we lost Terry Funk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, now Terry's been in ailing health for quite some time. He was living. He was in a nursing home, uh, and he was also seventy nine years old. Correct. Mm-hmm. Um, Amazed he lived that long with what he's done. Oh, you ain't kidding. Yeah. The dude was 50 years old doing fucking moonsaults in ECW. Mm-hmm. Off of the top of ladders. With bat, with a replaced hip already. Mm-hmm. Terry Funk, Lord. he always said he was middle-aged and crazy. He was. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, uh. I, I'm not to sound morbid, but I'm really excited to hear Mick Foley's uh, yeah. tribute. Oh, it's going to be... Very, That's going to be beautiful. It's going to be very moving. Yeah, because um, somewhere on VHS, I have the IWA King of the Deathmatch tournament from Japan. Um, and the, the main event, the finals of the tournament, is Cactus versus Terry Funk. Oh, boy. In a no-rope, barbed wire, exploding ring deathmatch. Nice. Yo. I've, I've seen small snippets of that match. It's fucking brutal. Oh, my. Yeah, it's fucking brutal. Um, it was, uh, I mean, Terry Funk, he's part of the only pair of brothers to ever win the NWA World Heavyweight title. Him and his brother, Dory Jr., both did it. The Briscoes, uh, uh, Jerry and Jack Briscoe didn't do it. Mm-hmm. No other brother tandem has ever done that. And to this day, there's one father and son tandem that's done it. Dusty Rhodes and Cody Rhodes. Really? Yep. Dusty was around when Cody came up. Well, no, Dusty was the NWA World Champ back in oh, the back right. in the eighties. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Cody ended up winning it okay. from Nick Aldis. Um, but yeah, uh, fucking absolute legend Terry Funk. Um, Get on the WWE Network, you son of a bitch. Watch some of my old matches. Mm. I mean, just go through the ECW shit. He's been involved in so many iconic ones, too. Oh, yeah. Even the shit ones, like the dumpster match with DX. Oh, God. I mean, that was a a shit match. No, he would probably admit it himself. And he wasn't even Terry Funk. He was Chainsaw Charlie. But that was his choice. It's not even like they saddled him with the gimmick. Right. He decided to do it. And if you ever (laughs) just... Here's a a tip from your Uncle Eric, folks. If you ever decide to quit your job, this is how you do it. You just leave a note on your boss's desk and say you got to go home because your horse is sick. (laughs) That's how Terry Funk walked out of the WWF. Really? Vince, I got to go home. My horse is sick. (laughs) Oh, my. Okay, Terry. See ya. (laughs) Wow. Uh, here's to the funker. The funk. And here's the here's the Bray Wyatt as and well. Bray Wyatt too. Hey. I don't. I know the Fiend was a bit polarizing. I actually enjoyed that gimmick. So did I. It was it, when it was done right. It was done mm-hmm. super right. Now his original, like the original Bray Wyatt gimmick. See, I'm not talking about when he was Husky Harris with mm-hmm. the Nexus. When he was like the original Bray Wyatt. Which was kind of a, a new version of the Waylon Mercy character, mm-hmm. which is uh, a ripoff of Max Cady from Cape Fear. 
Okay. Okay. You ever see the movie Cape Fear? Yes. De Niro's a character. A long time ago. Yeah. De Niro's character in Cape Fear, Max Cady. Okay. Uh, back in the early 90s, a guy named Dan Spivey did a character. I know that name. He was part of the Skyscrapers. Uh, Dangerous Dan Spivey. He, he, big, pretty big name in the 80s and early 90s. Yeah. Did he still alive, right? Yeah, I Danny's mean, I, wonder, I wonder if we've actually seen him in one of the indie shows we've been to. Uh, Doug says he's going to have to remember that. My horse is sick. <laughs> but, yep. Hey, work for Funk. But anyway, um, fucking... Uh, yeah, Danny Spivey did a gimmick called Waylon Mercy. Mm-hmm. It was a direct ripoff of Max King. <laughs> and Bray Wyatt kind of updated it. With the original Wyatt family character. Okay. With the Hawaiian shirt and the fedora and oh kind of like a cult leaderish gimmick. Yeah. It was fucking great. Um, Bray Wyatt, you know, one of the better minds in wrestling for the modern era. But, uh, yeah, it's, it, that sucks, man. It's terrible to see that he's gone. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see how we are time-wise. Only an hour and a half deep. We're doing Whoa. okay. We're doing good. I got a I got a little list. Uh oh. Iconic songs that were almost sung by somebody else. Now this original list was thirty five songs long. Oh. So I only took the ones that we might know. Okay. Okay. I didn't I didn't get the whole thing. Um. You ever hear the song "Baby One More Time" by Britney Spears? Hit me, baby, one more time. Oh yeah, that's my, yes. that's a ringtone, man. That's right. No. <laughs> oh, baby, baby. That song was turned down by T-Boz, Left Eye, and Chili, TLC. Really? Mm. Yes. Okay. Oh, my. I think they would have killed that. Yes. I'm a, I am was a big TLC fan back in the day. Oh, dude. Oh, oh. I, I, li- I liked them, but it wasn't like... I... Waterfalls, right? Yeah. Okay. No scrubs. I don't want no scrubs. Fucking uh, what's the what, one about? What's the one about the sex? Ain't too have? proud to beg. Ain't too proud to beg. That's go. the one. And earlier, more from the early early morning to the middle of the night, I ain't too proud to beg. Two yeah. inches or a yard rock harder if it's second. <laughs> <laughs> I I was a big TLC fan, and I always had a thing for Left Eye. Mm. I was, un- until she went nuts and fucking burned Andre Rice's house. house. But yep. Don't put your dick in crazy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, now, everybody's heard the song Hungry Heart, right? By oh, Bruce Springsteen. Oh, my. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's got a hungry heart. Okay, yes. Yes. Okay. Bruce Springsteen wrote that. Okay. And recorded it. Mm-hmm. He originally wrote that for Gabba Gabba, We, Expect, we Accept You One of Us, The Ramones. I could see them doing it. I could too. I don't know. Yeah, I could hear Johnny. I could hear Joey singing that. Yeah, it it, it would have gone perfect with. I mean, they did so many like songs that were like out of like we're not punk songs. Yeah, yeah. You know, like I want to be your boyfriend and stuff like that. It's like and Joey refused to play on them or Johnny rather. Oh, Johnny refused to play guitar on those. Wow. Yep. Anything that wasn't fucking like power chords. Pretty much Johnny refused to play Oh, on. my. That's why they never did them live. Huh. Hmm. Yep, that was, uh, that was, here's another one. Hillary Duff and Pink 
turned down since you've been gone, and it eventually went to Kelly Clarkson. Really? Yes. I don't know this song. Since you've been gone, I can't breathe for the first time. I I don't know this song. Every time I hear, I think of the rock song. By Rainbow. Yeah. Yeah, That's (laughs) Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. When you said that, I'm like, wait wait a minute. I'm thinking. Yeah. I'm out of my head. Can't take it. Yeah. uh, And actually, there's a, uh, like a, uh, uh, Power pop, punkish type band uh, that that covered since you've been gone. Oh wow! A day to remember. I never heard of them. I Dude, can't. But Pink would have look been, it up. Pink would have been good. Uh, yeah, I think Pink would have done a really good job on that. Yeah. Hillary Duff, I couldn't speak to. No. But I think I think Pink would have done a really good job. She she was an, she was an all right singer. Just saying, hey. Well, Hillary Duff. Yeah, I I wouldn't know. I don't know. Uh, so I'm not going to disparage the young lady. Mm-hmm. Now, Pink, on the other hand, I fucking love Pink stuff. She is great. Um, I've if I ever am in a band with a female singer, and I and Doug could pull it off too. <laughs> I would always I would love to do just like a pill. <sighs> I thought, love that I song. You're gonna be Moulin Rouge. No, Doug no, could no. pull off Moulin Rouge. I bet you Doug could. <laughs> Doug could do pretty much anything. I got a lot of faith in him. Have you ever heard the song I'm a Believer by, by the, the Monkees? Yes. yes. Yeah. You know who that was written by and who originally recorded it? Hmm. Uh, no. I've heard this. So I, I, I know this piece of trivia, but I can't think of it now. Neil Diamond. Yeah. I, yes. And he's done a version of it as a ballad. Really? Mm-hmm. Yep. Neil Diamond uh, wrote and record originally recorded I'm a Believer. You remember the song by Simple Minds, Don't You Forget About Me? The, oh, how can you? The Breakfast Club. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know who passed on that song? And I think it would have been an interesting take on it. Your friend and mine, Billy Idol. I can actually hear it because you can, the, the even the voice of Simple yeah. Minds... Yeah, the way he sings it is a little bit of a Billy Idolish. Yeah, I I could have heard I could hear Billy Idol singing this. Wow, because think about like uh think about it's like somewhere in between Rebel Yell mm-hmm. and Eyes Without a Face. Oh yeah, yeah, you know, um, yeah, I think Billy Idol would have done a nice job. Yes, on yes, yes. I, I'm a big Billy Idol fan. Mm-hmm. Um, you ever hear the song "Call Me" by Bl- by Blondie? Yes. Mm-hmm. That was written for Stevie Nicks. Come on. Yep. Blondie did it much better than... I don't think... I, I agree. I don't yeah. think Stevie's voice would have lended it to that. Yeah. In this moment, there's an awesome version of that, too. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, Maria Brink is oh. fucking fantastic. I, 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 I got turned on to In This Moment. They're very good. They're very fucking good. Um, here's another one. Everybody knows this. It's a fucking great sing-along song every time Suddenly Found plays it. Take Me Home Country Roads by John Denver. Okay. You know who passed on that? Johnny Cash. That would have been a totally different take on that song. That would have been. I, I think it's a good thing Cash passed on it. Yeah. And I love Johnny. 
But I don't think of uh, Doug says uh, a lot of Monkey's tunes were written by big name folks in the music biz. Yes, yes, yeah, they didn't write their own shit. <laughs> and Doug says thanks for the uplift for my chick singing. Doug, you do a you do such a great fucking job with what's up. I can't help it. <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, well, Doug, you, kick, you kick him in the nuts to get no, the high notes. Doug, Doug has one of the best falsettos of like of anybody I've I've worked with in uh-huh. a band. Yeah, like like how King Diamond gets up in mm-hmm. that big high register. Mm-hmm. Doug's got a great falsetto oh, like that, and that's how he does. Uh, he does like the screams for Judas Priest, and he sings "What's Up." On pitch. Oh my god! You know, by four non blondes. Jesus. It, yeah, Doug's got a fucking amazing falsetto. The guy's a, a super talented singer. Now he's to learn Tal Bachman. Tal Bachman. She's so high. Yeah, we could do it. Yep. Yeah, uh, yeah. That, what a, that is a hard one, Doug. Every time I did it, I always transposed it down mm-hmm. an octave. Yeah. C- to make it easier for me to sing. Yeah. A- and we play it. Uh, um, it's played with a capo on the second fret. So instead of your guitar being tuned to E, it's tuned to F sharp. Mm-hmm. So everything's jumped up a, a, a full step. It's a fucking pain in the dick. It really <laughs> is to sing. And, you know, kudos to Doug for pulling it off. Uh, you ever hear the Elvis song Golden Years? Golden. Or actually the David Bowie song Golden Years? Yes. He wrote that for Elvis. Okay. Wow. That's definitely more of a Bowie song. That is definitely. Yeah. Okay. Now, Diane Warren wrote a song that Aerosmith covered. It's called I Don't Want to Miss a Thing. That was originally not written for Aerosmith. That was originally... Michael Bolton? No. Okay. Celine Dion. I would rather have heard Celine Dion <laughs> singing it, to be honest. I think she would have done a, a really nice job with I, that. I, would have, I wouldn't have lost that much respect for Aerosmith if they would have passed on that well, song. Well, money talks and bullshit runs a marathon. I just can't believe there's all these writers out there that are just writing songs and saying, hey, take a look at this. How do you think well, Nashville that's, works? That's how well, the, the music you're industry... you're not talking Nashville here. You're... Well, no, I'm talking... I mean, but look at a guy like Desmond Child. All Desmond Child does is he doesn't put out records. He put out one, I think. Yeah, and um, but he writes songs for other yeah. people. But the entire Nashville system. Well, not just Nashville. What but, was what was that song by Kiss? Not well, not by Kiss. That um, hide your heart. Yeah, hide your heart was done by three different artists in like the same year. Yep. It got passed around, and like the. The versions are altogether different, but yeah. it's like it's hide your heart. Yeah, it's like yeah. I mean, there are people out there that just you know pass off music, pass off music. Yeah, <laughs> and, and the like the I keep bringing up Nashville because that's the biggest mm-hmm. example of this. Most song or most singers in the Nashville system don't write their own shit. I understand that. Yeah. yeah. And and, mo- and most songwriters don't sing. That's why you have a wonderful song like um, hmm, let me think of a good good a good example here. Um, shit, Rascal Flatts sang it. 
I wouldn't know. I could take the rain on the rain. What hurts the most? Okay. Beautiful song. Heartbreaking song. Aaron Lewis of Stained does a fantastic version of it. And I can't remember the guys, the guy who wrote it. I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he does a fucking amazing version. Fucking rip your guts out. Wow. And uh, Sia, who wrote for tons of people, she was like a songwriter for Whitney Houston. Yeah. Um, I think like almost a lot of female singers at the time. And she decided that take she took all the rejected songs that nobody wanted and started making albums with them. Got you. Yeah. She's one that did Chandelier. Yep. And things like that. Those are ones that everybody passed on, and she started making music with them. It was like, brilliant idea. Then she made her persona. Yeah. But, it, you know, there's a lot of stuff out there without her persona, which, I don't know. I think she should sort of just kept it. Like, right. Right. Just be yourself. You didn't have yeah. to. Well, I mean, look at uh, look at a Beyonce record. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, this is like where Kanye comes into play. <laughs> when when fucking Kanye jumped on stage, I'm gonna let you finish. Yes. I'm gonna let you finish. Yes. When Beck won an award, okay, for like uh, album of the year. Mm-hmm. That was Taylor Swift. Taylor oh, yeah. Swift won well, video of the year at the MTV Music Awards. Right, right, you're right, you're right, and, you're right. And um, Single Ladies was the one that Kanye thinks should have won. Yes. Yeah, and has like 37 writers. <laughs> but didn't he say some shit about Beck, too? He might have, but I he don't. He did. I'm going to let you finish, yeah. but Beyonce won the best videos of all time. Of right. all time. But uh, No, he said, <laughs> he said some shit about Beck. Oh, yeah. Okay, now Beck writes, records, and produces all of his own shit. Mm-hmm. That motherfucker plays every instrument on every song. Okay? Beyonce's got like... And I don't want to disparage a girl because she's fucking talented. She can sing. Correct. But she's got like 30 fucking writers credited on her record. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nah, come on. Yeah, I'll give yeah. back a little bit more little bit more ups. Yeah, that is one thing now. And that is one thing that kind of is upsetting about modern day m- music. And I think more pop music than anything. It's never been... You know, people writing a lot of their own stuff, but now it's there's a team, yeah, who will write what they know is the formula, yeah, and that's why, that's why the shelf life of the average musical artist is five years. Yeah, I mean, and it's probably always been like this. I mean, I can't, I can't imagine Bananarama wrote all their own stuff, right? But <laughs> yeah, yeah well, I mean, Desmond Child's been around forever. Yeah, I mean, he. He shaped Aerosmith, you know, for permanent vacation. Well, him and John Col- and with, Kiss. Without without Desmond Child and John Collodner, mm-hmm. Aerosmith would not have had their comeback. Yep, that's hmm. the hundred percent. That's the truth, and they were able to craft it for what was good at the time, and they knew their shit. Yep, and and, and John Collodner, John Collodner, knows what sells. Yep, you know he's there's a reason he was like the number one A and R guy in the business at the time. Yeah. He knew what worked. And Desmond Child is one of the greatest songwriters of our generation. Or of all of all time. <laughs> yeah. All time. Now, we got two more entries right. on this list. You ever hear the song Powderfinger by Neil Young? I know I haven't. I don't think I did. Okay. Wow, a Neil Young song you haven't heard? Yeah. See, there's a reason I put this on this list. I, I know. I'm fucking know thinking... It. 
fucking grunge boy doesn't know a Neil Young song. Damn it. Neil Young isn't grunge. No, but I He's have... He's the godfather I, of grunge. I have, I have a few Neil Young CDs. <laughs> He's the godfather of grunge. There is no grunge without Neil Young. Actually, uh, Neil Young came out with an album in the mid-90s called Mirrorball, and it was... Remember how it used to be Neil Young and Crazy Horse? Yes. The Mirrorball album is Neil Young with Pearl Jam as the band. Ah. That's a good album. No, it's not. It's got two strikes going right off the bat. <laughs> Pearl <laughs> and Jam. And, well, three. And Neil Young. Three strikes, you're out. Fuck you. <sighs> and the last one. Now, I want you to think about this for a minute and how either fantastic it could have been. Oh. Is this the power? Is this the power powder finger one? No. Oh, there's one more. Oh, this would have been either fantastic or an absolute fucking train wreck. Physical by Olivia Newton John. Physical, yes. yes. That was almost done by Rod Stewart. Oh no! I couldn't. No, I couldn't. No, I couldn't. That's because you're thinking of the video. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nobody wants to see a sweaty Rod Stewart in a leotard, no less. <laughs> well, now, hey, nah. That, that's a hell of a banana. I mean, in all honesty, there. a woman saying "Let's get physical" is a lot less creepy than a man saying it. Yeah, because yeah. if, if now if a woman had sang like like maybe Chris sixteen. It wouldn't have been so bad. (laughs) When I saw you coming out of that school. When I saw you coming out of that school, I knew I had to have you. Fucking Gene, you creepy bastard. Honest to God. Yeah. See, Uh, it sounds less creepy when a woman sings it. You know, we were talking, uh, Randy and I were talking about this, about some of the stuff that we've, the albums that we've reviewed and Mm -hmm. the deep dives we've done. And, uh, yeah, you fuck. Kiss is ruined for me. <laughs> what do you mean, you fuck? Why am I you fuck? You fucking suggested it. I didn't know they had that many albums. I apologize so many times. But yeah, Kiss is ruined for me. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> I used to love Honest, Kiss. Honestly, any band we've done a deep dive on now is, is still kind of like, I remember I had to listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, fucking A. Oh, um, well, it was, yeah, it's good to be back on the horse. We listen to a lot of music on this show. Uh, Doug says Rod the Bod probably could have pulled it off. He did hot. Yeah, you're right. He did do hot legs. And and do you fact, think I'm sexy? Infatuation. Yes. Let's fuck the nation. That's Wait. not the song. <laughs> that's actually one of my favorite Rod Stewart songs. Was Infatuation. I always like Forever Young. I think that's just a beautiful song. That is a good song. I thought that was by Alphaville. Who the hell's they? What? What? Who are they? I never heard. Uh, no. You never heard of Alphaville? Oh, look. Alpha, Alpha who? No. Alphaville. No. Rod no. Stewart has a song called Forever Young. So does Alphaville. It's awesome. Listen to it. You'll love it. It's not Irish. I'll probably hate it. <laughs> we know, you know you are. Alphaville. Oh, Alphaville. Fuck. I am the Alpha and the Omega. Get some freaking class, you two. <laughs> Yo, I got all the class. Eiffel 65 over there. I'm not That's your favorite your band. band. Fuck that. About. No, no, no. Uh, fuck me. Uh, all I can say is, I'd rather die than die than die than die than die than die than die. Oh, remix. I'd rather die than go to heaven. <laughs> what the hell happened there? Are you trying to fucking annoy me, huh? <laughs> you never know what his technical guy here. Yeah. Hey, 
If I didn't have to do it all myself, maybe, you know, you fuck. Well, you've asked for help now and again. I don't know your shit programs. Shit, pro- shit programs. You gave me the fucking program. No, I didn't give it to you. <laughs> yes, I you fu- did. I funded it. No, no, you gave me Jingle Palette, you fucked No, I didn't. Yes, you did. I most certainly did not, and yeah. I'll deny when that. When you brought me the soundboards, Jingle Palette was in there. Really? Yes. Yeah. I didn't know it was in there. How do you think? Mm-hmm. I don't. I still don't think I did. You did. You did. No, because all the all the soundboards were SWF files. You that probably downloaded there. something so you could watch them. I Ass don't know. clown. Don't th- Ass clown. Listen here, fucklets. I'm just saying. Listen here, you fucking milky liquor. Mm. Uh, let's pick fucking next week's homework. Yeah, we got shall eight we? more, right? Uh, six. Six? Eight, whatever. I've been adding more movies to my list, like, forever. All right. What so, the movie picked by okay. the Biller. Just like just like Frank. It's a yellow card. <laughs> Wait, this is the movie? Let me see. No, it ain't the movie. I don't know what the hell that is. Uh, yeah, it's a movie. It's called Jeremiah Johnson. Oh, that's the movie? Yes. Who names a movie after a person? Why do I think I saw that movie? Already? That was requested by my boy Alistair. I think I saw that movie. See, I couldn't tell the second one it's, either. It's a Western, isn't it? I don't know. I don't think Alistair would do a Western. He might. Okay, so Jeremiah Johnson is the movie. Now, for the album picked by me. Another yellow one. This is good. It's a yellow one. It has a hair on Oh, shit. Finally. I've been waiting for this to happen. Jimmy Westerberg suggests oh. the replacements. The album is Tim. 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 By the replacements. As in they call me Tim. The Enchanter, yes. There are those who call me Tim. Oh, this is going to be an odd week. Uh, full disclosure, I have already listened to this album. Mm. I've never heard of either of them. Mm. Yeah, uh, I've never seen the movie, but uh, Alistair and I will watch it. And uh, I've listened to the album. I'm going to I'm gonna hold back my thoughts until next week. I'll have to hold back my thoughts, too, because I have none. You, I know you have no thoughts. Of the album, of the album. I got lots and, of thoughts. Okay. Of, of all, of okay. all. Okay. Have you ever seen the meme that has Robert Redford like looking this way and it zooms in on him? No. Oh, he's like in a fur coat and he's like around water and he's looking at the camera and the meme like zooms in. That's from Jeremiah Johnson. 1972. Okay. Okay. Another reference. I don't know. No. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Doug says, yes, Tim, the replacements. Finally, Jimmy Westerberg's album gets picked and that's been in there since we fucking started this. What's the genre? The replacements. I know. I don't. Is it's nineties, isn't it? No. Eighties. No. It's the replacements. Seventies. No, I think I think the album came out in the eighties. Oh, good. So it's not gonna be terrible dog shit. That one. The picture. No, you don't remember that. No. Ever seen that meme? No. Hmm. No. <laughs> I've seen it, but I didn't know that was Robert Redford. You didn't? Why would I know that? It looks like Mark Hamill with a beard. It just, looks like, it just looks like some Skook Mountain guy. Yeah, fucking some guy from from the from the nether regions of Summit Hill. All right, I guess the days of listening to good music are over. No, 
Don't worry, I got plenty of Irish music to, to tune me up. Yeah, we're not doing that. Toot, toot, toot. We're not doing that. <laughs> wait, wait till we start putting things back in buckets. I, get I have a good idea. Listen. I, I doubt you have a good idea. No, I have a great idea, actually, to use the wheel. Are you guys familiar? Well, this is after, after. Like, just keep after, this in after. your mind. Yeah, because it's a music thing. And then? Yeah, pretty much. And now, then? you've heard of the uh, CD series. Now, that's what I call music. Yes. They do pop music started, in, I think, maybe 98 or arounds about there. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That has a lot of numbers on it. Now that's what I call music has 80 CDs, so we'd only go up to the highest number, but that'd be a great way to pick them. I looked at some of the early ones. They're pretty decent pop music, and you get a, uh, you get a genre vibe. Okay. We can do that. Yeah, but this is after everything's done, and then we've cycled through. Because I can't wait till my next movie comes up. Oh, you guys are going to love it. I doubt it. I doubt it. It's probably going to suck. Did you see it? Well, no. I don't put movies I see in the... Well, then... It's just based on what your tastes are. See, you're both very cookie cutter. It is true. It's true. (laughs) I can, you know, I can predict, you know, you're a standard Leo, you know... Arrogant, a braggart. Not me. Full of himself. No. You know, so I knew. Hey, hey, when you're as fucking terrific as I am, you can be full of That's why, as another Leo, I designed a shirt that I would wear. (laughs) And I knew you would love it. I fucking love it. That is fan-fucking-tastic. And I think you're uh, Virgo. No. Virgin. No. No, October. I think Capricorn, maybe? No, that's January. No, my uh, Missy's a Capricorn. I'm Sagittarius? No, no, that's December. See, I'm the balance that you know keeps this show together here. Uh, you're a crab. No, Gemini. That's Cancer. The scales. Gemini is not Cancer. No, crab is Cancer. Gemini is is. See now, I'm just twi- being a Gemini dick. is the twins. Yes. Uh, it's, what, it's, what's your what Libra? He's a Libra. There you go. And you're not balanced. Either. You balance nothing out. <laughs> the only not, thing you balance you out not. is the fucking weight. You're uh, and also see you're in, see you're in the middle of the seesaw. Two fat guys <laughs> and a skinny guy. See, easy. I said that earlier. Don't don't ride on that, <laughs> dick. <laughs> no, I'm not a fucking dick rider. Fucking meat rider. This is my Any. next movie you're gonna love. Uh. My, my list is impeccable. I, I no, your lists are generally shite. Oh my lord! On that fucking note, it's been a long two weeks away. Um, I I, I miss doing this. Um, I'm glad we're back on the horse. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's, it's... next week, uh, if you guys want to play along with us, the movie is Jeremiah Johnson, and if you don't like it. Uh, you can blame my son, Alistair. <laughs> he picked it. Well, blame you. No, I'm blaming Alistair. Yeah, he put it in there. Yeah, but you, everything, how... everything in there, you have had to curate. But I, what I want to... I didn't curate a fucking thing you guys put in. I'd love to know how he's... How old is he? 14. How the hell does he like this movie? He's an old soul. It's from, he, it's, he, it's, he really it's is. It's from 72. He, he, Alistair really is. Um, you know, we... Uh, when we were still getting DVDs from Netflix, mm-hmm. I got, uh, just for nostalgia purposes, I got the Young Ones movie, or not the Young Ones, the Young Guns movies. Ah, 
Uh-huh. Alistair and I sat, and he fucking loved him. The kid is, an, he's an old soul. Yeah. So, anyway, the album, uh, the movie is Jeremiah Johnson, released in 1972. Don't like it. Blame my kid. I'll post, I'll post his contact info for you. Uh, not really. And the album suggested by my good friend Jimmy Westerberg is the album Tim by The Replacements. So if you want to play along, by all means. All right. Good to be back, everybody. Uh, we'll see you next week. Until then, this has been Oh No, Not Them. I'm Eric. I'm Bill. I'm Jim. See you later, motherfuckers. <laughs>